we love to suffer, especially in this country, like the culture of suffering. Let's let's hustle and like and like sacrifice our whole lives. And then when we're 70 and falling apart, we'll do this thing called retirement. We might do some fun things. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with the most hilarious and amazing guest, Max. Max, thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited. Awesome. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> so give us a 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you love to do. Uh, Fourth-generation entrepreneur. My dad always said, do something once, get paid forever. And so uh, my current walk of life, I'm helping consultants productize their knowledge so that they can scale their business and spend more time golfing or with their kids or whatever they really like to do. Nice. Love that. So how did you get into that? Accidentally, um, <laughs> to my, to my father, yeah, to my father's <laughs> disappointment, I started running a marketing agency, which is about the most cannibalistic, ridiculous business model on the planet, uh, professional services, linear, time for dollars business model, uh, the more you grow or scale or whatever you want to use as the term, the worse life gets. And so I had to, I had to experience that to realize that, you know, my dad was serious when he said digital scalable residual, do something once get paid forever. But I, uh, I discovered strategy or the selling of knowledge instead of the selling of doing things or labor or deliverables. And it was a whole new world. Uh, I was, I was able to charge, prices I never dreamed of. Um, so it played by a totally different set of rules. That was number one. I found strategy and selling knowledge. And then not too long after that, I had the opportunity to package up that body of knowledge and license it to others. Uh, they were allowed to pay me to use my body of knowledge. And magically, um, I was waking up in the middle of the night to other agencies on the other side of the planet running my process. And I was getting paid 20% of their strategy fees. That's exactly what my dad had always talked about. And um, that set me that set me on my path. I decided that I wanted to find people that had the unique knowledge already. They had systems, methodologies, industry knowledge, whatever it is, as long as it's valuable and unique, and help them package it up in some of the ways that I had accidentally done uh, to combat what I felt was a zero-sum game. Nice. I love that. Totally going to be listening to you because I've done the exact antithesis of what you're talking about. I went from a scalable business that we taught people how to do it and I got paid royalties on it down into a one-on-one -on -one coaching scenario, down into a marketing agency that is now totally non-scalable. <laughs> it's interesting. But that's where you thing. figure out what you're really made of. It's like, <laughs> right. uh, it's like a video game that you can't win and just pisses you <laughs> off. Like if you, like if you want to get hard, you run a marketing agency. Uh, Right. And I've seen so uh, one of my favorite memes on Facebook, just have to tell you this is it was kind of a spoof on. Obviously, you'll see it. He goes, um, 10 years ago, I ran a digital ad agency. Today, I'm going insane. I'm overwhelmed. I hate my clients. I hate my life. And I'm ready to jump off a bridge. Come see how I did it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> 
So we are not going to go that route today. Today, we're going to go a different route. So tell, tell me more about how do you take somebody that's, you know, maybe bricks and mortar, maybe they're professional services, and they're going like, what are you talking about? How do I productize uh, our offerings? Yeah, productize is an un- unnecessary big word, but I but I had to pick one. It was a good one. So, yeah, yeah like right, wrong, or indifferent. <laughs> I'm using the word productize. Look, all I mean is steps and things. Um, professional service providers have a tendency to be dragged around by their client base, and they're just yes men and women. They're oh yes sir, I'll do that for you. What what is exactly how you know you say jump, I say how high. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to treat a service like you would a product. Nike wouldn't be running around going, wait, how do you want us to make that shoe? Uh, and okay, we'll, you know, we'll spend this amount of time today and this amount of time tomorrow. No, there is a system. You do the same things every time, or you do, you go through the same steps every time. And there are, uh, there are templates. Uh, you use the same things every time. And that's all I mean by productize. It's more of a mindset of, I will be able to set the same expectations every time, deliver the same things every time in the same timeline and with the same amount of effort. Nice. So take me through the, the journey, um, you know, pick, pick an industry, any industry of kind of how somebody would go from that hourly rate and going, oh, but the industry charges this, but you know, any lawyer or any, there's a ton of them out there that charge by the hour and think that they have to, because that's industry standard. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone out there measure have the have these limiting beliefs uh, based on industry standards. Like for some for some reason, we as human beings determine what is possible by looking at our peers. And I bad, apologize for bad, that. I don't know bad. why. I can't I, I can't help you with that. So what I would say, like even before taking any of my advice, mm-hmm. is to develop a habit of talking to people that are doing things differently. Like the greatest thing I did was I started a podcast seven years ago. And I said, I was going to talk because I can't be, when I decided that I wanted to help people, big word, productize, th- that's not a class in school. Um, so I went out and I found people that had taken their knowledge and packaged it up and created different types of revenue streams with it. And seven years later, I can tell you anything is possible. You can sell anything to anyone for any price, one out of five times. Well, I'll let that one sink in. Yeah. So you, so you just unpackage broaden, that for me a little bit. Yeah. You, well, you gotta, you gotta broaden, you gotta broaden your, uh, you gotta broaden your perspective. I've seen really poor services and products be extremely successful. Mm-hmm. And I've seen really good products and services go nowhere. It's all mm-hmm. about the execution, your focus and your determination to make it work. It has nothing to do with what's been validated in the marketplace before. Like you can do it. It's, it's made, like my dad always said, put your personal life first and have no rules around that, put your personal life first. And when you figure out exactly what you want your personal life to be like, build a business model that supports your personal life. Nice, sage advice. So who do you love working with? Who's your absolute favorite? Uh, one, one sec, one sec, but I've got a, I've got a golden retriever here. These podcasts must be like real world one oh one because they literally love this part. There's enemy at the gates. My three year old <laughs> is smashing on the window. I've got a, I've got a golden retriever here. But the show must go on. I believe the question is. Well, uh, we can who, edit. <laughs> you really who want. Do I, I you never, know, I like. never edit. Now keep it rolling. Um, <laughs> my yeah. Who do I enjoy working with the most? Who's your favorite? I, I, so you can. I I get it. You can totally take any business. Well, and go, I, hey, you're an engineer. Let's go productize this thing. Yeah. Or, and or should I say package? 
because I think package might be a more relatable term in that right. we want to take you from an hourly thing of, hey, I'm going to get paid by the hour to do this thing to, hey, if you want this thing done with these extra bonuses, we can make this, this is how much I charge for it. And so be it. Yeah, if, look, it, it's all about, so price premiums exist when you have something that is valuable and difficult to replace. Mm-hmm. So my favorite people to work with are people that have really deep knowledge. And the ironic part is we all discount the knowledge we have. Like we think we're, we all think we're stupid. We look in the mirror and go, you idiot. But our clients think we're brilliant. So yeah, I, I love to work with people that have like, they've written a book or they've got, you know, their PhD or they've spent their entire career in some niche market or working as an executive in something, those people have really unique knowledge and they're very difficult to replace. And that's where you can basically say, hey, if I find the right person, I can charge whatever I want. And it's not an hourly thing because hourly means that you're being paid for your time. And the shift in mindset is, you're not gonna pay me for my time. You are gonna pay me for access to a lifetime of knowledge. Now that's priceless. We're just going to put a price tag on it and, uh, and go from there. All right. Love that. So I'm going <laughs> to, I just got seven questions to ask you, but first off, I'd like to ask you is to give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories of one of your clients. Yeah. I mean, a real simple story. I was talking like, I'll use an, I'll use an agency owner. I mean, commercially I'm focused on agencies, but you know, working with people in biotechnology, leadership, coaching, psychology, to anybody selling knowledge, right? But mm-hmm. a common case, like this is probably the most common, is somebody's being price chopped. Uh, Dave, I think was his name. And he's just being price chopped. He's a brilliant guy. He's being price chopped. He's selling the end, uh, he's selling the end deliverable, something that's highly commoditized. I think it was um, content. Yeah, it was content marketing. And um, all you got to do is look at your... Uh, look at your sales process, because I find that most people are giving away that most unique and difficult to replace thing in the sales process. It's their proposal. M- what most people do to, to create a proposal for professional services is they analyze someone's business challenges. They come up with a tailored solution and a timeline for implementation. That's strategy. That's a plan. That's your, that's your indispensable knowledge. So I just said, hey, why don't you slap a $5,000 price tag on that? And he came back two weeks later. He says, I've sold four workshops. and Now I'm charging 15,000. Changed his life. Didn't have to work with me. Didn't have to pay me a cent. Just a single little mindset change. And once you do it, you're cured for life. Before you do it, you've got limiting beliefs out the wazoo. Oh, no, no one's going to pay me for just my knowledge. I have to do the work. I'm going to be exposed as a fraud. Like, I- I've heard it all. But you know what? Take a look at any professional team. Do you think the coach gets paid? Absolutely the coach gets paid because that's a role. Somebody has to be full-time thinking about the plan to let those you know, gargantuan gargoyles go out there and tackle people or whatever they're doing. There needs to be a role uh, that, that is the coach and you can play that role. Nice. So for somebody that say been in a position if they're corporate and even if they're in a CEO position, still feels like that knowledge is kind of just what got them there, that people don't actually pay for that stuff. How do you kind of turn them around to go like, and I get the proposal idea, but if they're, if they're, um, 
if they're not documenting what they think, they're just kind of implementing what they think, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I go to work, I do my job, I go home. How do they start to look at that thing that you do every day could be turned into um, a product that somebody wants to buy? Well, whatever you're doing can be turned into a, a product. I mean, there's no, there's no arguing that. I think the challenge is the, I think the challenge is the motivation because people are afraid and hungry. And today they are comfortable selling themselves. Um, I, you're going to pay me and I'm going to do a good job. I'm, I'm used to that. Um, but the question, like a lot of people start to take action on this when they ask themselves the question, well, what happens if I want to slow down? When I stop, the money stops. And in order to, when I stop, the money keeps going, you have to take the things that are in your head and document them so that either your clients can implement this thinking process or somebody else can pick this up and implement this process for you. So I think it's, I think it's just a lack of, uh, I think it's just a lack of motivation, but I realize that doesn't answer your direct question. The direct question I think is how do people get started? Let's go with that. Pen and yep. paper, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> pen and paper, self-awareness. Uh, one of the greatest things I started doing was actually tracking my time, not my client time, everything I was doing. And so I have six years of documentation of exactly what I did, how long it took, the process. Um, so it, it's just about writing it down. Now, that sounds like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm saying it's the only option. And you know what? the best thing you can do is hire a product manager. I can tell someone is doing really good if they run a professional services company and they have a senior title product manager. They're not selling any products, they're selling services, but that's the type of mind, they have an operational mindset, they have a process mindset, and they're sitting there documenting everything those really smart strategists and consultants are doing so that it can actually become repeatable and the company isn't relying on some really smart person that's probably going to decide to go out on their own or probably going to decide to move on to another company and bring all their knowledge with them. So would that involve, say, job shadowing or what would that person actually be doing? Yeah, documenting it, like step one, A. This is what Fred step did. Two, B, <laughs> this is what, this this is what Fred does. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. And, and interviewing your customers, like what a simple... Um, so, so I, I talk to people a lot about raising their prices and mm -hmm. the first thing they think is, oh, I need to do more in order to raise my prices. The real game is how do I charge more and do less? Because the reality is clients don't want more. They want it to be easy. They want the results as easy as possible. So not like almost no one that I talk to interviews their customers about what is most valuable and what is least valuable because you should have a target on the back of everything that you're doing that clients don't perceive as valuable. Remove things, subtract, make it easier. Uh, and people don't do that. So write down what you're doing and ask your clients what they see value in. It's not rocket science. Awesome. So would you recommend that somebody takes this knowledge, they've documented everything they do, do they go out and build a talk? Do they build a course? Do they go and sell it first? How do you take them to the next step? 
Yeah. The, well, the first, the first major step is selling the plan. Like the, the greatest limiting belief that we're running around with is that I actually have to do the work in order to win the game. I have to be the coach that writes the plan. And then I have to put the clipboard down, put my cleats on and get out there and score the goal. Uh, no, you have to, and you won't believe it until you do it. So you have to take like your proposal or whatever plan that you're doing, and you have to sell that plan. When you exchange money for the plan, just the thinking, uh, that will cure you for life. You'll, you'll then start to think about, okay, what, what other things can I do uh, with this knowledge? The second thing to do is prove to yourself that somebody else can run that process. That might include shadowing you, process documentation, prove to yourself that even though people are buying you right now, you're not special. There's nothing special about you. It's the system in your head that you use to provide value and solve problems. That's the valuable thing. Nobody cares about you. So that's the second thing you have to prove. Um, mm -hmm. In my book, Agency Survival Guide, How to Productize Consulting Services and Do Other Things Better Too, there's three major stages. The first is this productized strategic service. And you made a great suggestion on saying that without speaking French. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> let, me know, let me know where to make out the check. But that's the first stage is to really find in this model of trading time for dollars, where's my plateau? I find that it's somewhere around a thousand to $5,000 an hour typically is like a normal plateau. You know, you don't have to be Gandhi. You don't, you don't have to be like moving rocks with your mind. Um, but it, you, you know, you can't be, you can't be teaching people how to brush their teeth. So like a general person that has unique knowledge, they can get to a thousand to $5,000 per hour equivalent by selling some packaged body of knowledge. Great. When you're there, you can then say, okay, I've got this process. Let me try to do it 10 people at a time. That was the first thing I did. I said, wow, I've got all these templates. Why don't I get five clients to pay me that $10,000? We'll put them all in a room. I'll teach them how to do the exercises themselves. And then I'll fill out a template and I'll give that template to them. That's their actionable strategy. Voila. So you go from one to one to one to 10. And it's kind of hybrid. You still got to hold people's hands. You got to blow their noses. But now you've got, now you've got some systems and, and they're, starting to, uh, they're starting to think with you. The final stage is, hey, I can actually license this to other people and they can run it as a business. You take your process documentation and you add training and materials around, here's how you sell it, here's how you staff for it, here's how you run a business, here's how you meet your long-term goals. Those are, the, those are the three major stages. I call it strategic, uh, productized strategic consulting. That's way too many words. And then uh, the middle stage is facilitate. You can facilitate the process. The final is you can license the process. Nice. Love that. And I'm assuming that you, if somebody looks at this and they go and get your book, they read through it, they're going, oh my God, this is brilliant. I need your help. <laughs> I assume you help them through all four of those stages. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, well, yes. I mean, the, the direct answer is yes. Like my business is, uh, my business is to help people focus on their body of knowledge that is most valuable and difficult to replace. A lot of it is getting over the fact that most of the things that they're doing are simply holding them back. And the limiting belief is, you know, that people have paid them for it in the past. What do you mean I shouldn't be doing it? Um, so that's number one. And uh, on any given day, you could normally find me helping people 
bring to market and actually run these client engagements, uh, charge for charge for the knowledge and deliver it in a way that clients love you for it and want to do more work with you. Um, and then yes, uh, some of some of my clients, if their personal life requires it, if they're like you don't have to do all these things, but if you want to achieve some things in your personal life and you have the the skill set and the stomach for it, you might want to go into that facilitation stage. So I'll help them design those types of programs. You might want to go into that licensing stage. I'll help them build the body of knowledge that's a little bit more scalable and licensable. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, that's how I make money. And you know, to support, to support my goals, I charge a fee for service, but my end game is to take a percentage of the fun pie at the end. Uh, my professional service business is a gateway to uh, what I call my portfolio or the businesses that see me as a, an advisor and because I'm helping them create scalable, profitable revenue streams, they see fit to uh, pay me a percentage of the fun. Nice. I love that. And I love it on both sides because it is a huge risk as a consultant to do that. And at the same time, when you know that what you do works, it, it just makes sense. And it allows the business owners themselves to go and have trust in you that, hey, you actually do know what you're talking about because you're willing to put yourself on the line like that. I think it's awesome. So let's kind of back up the bus a bit. When somebody that's listening to this right now, what kind of stumbling blocks might they be going through that they think, oh my God, Max, I need you so badly. So you mentioned a couple of them, like, I just wanna, if I stop in my business, I don't make money and people are price slashing on them. What other kind of things might they be going through there that are telltale? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, when was the last time, I always start with your personal life. When was the last time you took a vacation? And fine, maybe <laughs> you took, okay, maybe you took a vacation <laughs> last week, right? Maybe it, we're, this is January, right? So maybe they took a vacation during Christmas. Like that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the question is like, could you, could you take tomorrow off? Mm. Could you take a week off next week? What would happen? You know, what would happen to your business? So do you have the freedom to do things that you want to do? And people lie to themselves about that. Uh, I heard from somebody really smart and I'm always, I'm always really good at quotes, but I always forget who said it. Like I'm terrible with names, great with quotes. And they said, um, the last thing human beings will give up is their suffering. Interesting. We love to suffer, especially in this country, like the culture of suffering. Let's, let's hustle and like, and like sacrifice our whole lives. And then when we're 70 and falling apart, we'll do this thing called retirement. We might do some fun things. Wheel me around the golf course. Like I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't identify with that. What was the question? <laughs> what stumbling mugs might somebody have right now that they're thinking, oh my God, Max, I need you so bad. Yeah, your personal life sucks. Like <laughs> it just sucks. Just like, like, let's agree that your personal life sucks. Some guy invented the five day, uh, the five day work week to control people in factories. Like there are no rules anymore. COVID taught us that there are no rules and we're all magically exposed to that. Now the question is, what do we do? So number one, your personal life sucks. Um, the people that are successful uh, have all the clients they can handle, right? The people that, the people that have something that, that other people really value uh, and the people that have the most opportunity, they, they might be sitting there going, well, I got, I got all the business I want. But a lot of them eventually go, well, wait a minute, I have all the clients I can take on, but I'm still not fulfilled. 
Uh, I, I don't have the time to, you know, do things that I want to do. I'm working with a lot of people that I, I don't like or don't appreciate me. And, um, and that's a, that's a tough, you know, spot to be like, I knew I was stuck when I was hitting all of my goals. And when I hit all of my goals, my life got worse. And so you're stuck. You're, you're like, well, I have the wrong goals then. Like I am totally, and you're totally backwards and you just feel like, you know, what, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? You question everything. And so those are the people that should, you know, think, hey, maybe there's another way to help people and make money in a way uh, where if I disappear, the money keeps coming. Nice. Love that. And would you say that this is kind of having an evergreen system set up or is there something more to it than? Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. I, um, an evergreen. So you mean like, uh, you mean like, like you put it, you make a course, you put it up, you sell it. Yeah. That's become, I mean, that's become like the cliche. That's what, that's what immediately where people go because like, I don't know, a few years ago, everyone on Facebook decided that they were going to make a course and now like you can't get away from it. So that's, that's definitely like the cliche thing that everyone, everyone's mind goes to, um, that works well for some audiences, but it's not a one size fits all. Uh, so why would people call me on the phone? Um, <laughs> I don't know. That. Way to get all the. It's actually a client of mine. I'll call you back. You know. What the hell uh, are you doing? Damn, clients yeah. get in the way of doing work. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> what were we um, talking about? Oh, as opposed to just an evergreen. So get, putting yeah, a course up and yeah. so, doing what other kind of options do they have? Well. Um, a good uh, a buddy of mine, brilliant uh, brilliant professional services consultant David Baker wrote the book The Business of Expertise. Um, you know he talks about charging enough so you don't have to work all the time. So the idea of taking I'm going to take three months off this year. Mm -hmm. I don't have a class. I don't have a course. I, I don't have a course because I have an executive business owner audience. Have you ever told an executive business owner? to take a course on their own and do things on their own. You, you, get, you go about zero to zero right away. Like you're not going to get anything done. These exactly. courses are for like, you know, happy go lucky, fresh out of school. Like I'm going to. People have a lot of time and no money. <laughs> yeah. And like a lot of optimism. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they're willing to pay the hundred bucks and they love the community. Fine. They need that. But if yep. you have an executive audience, you know, you, 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 there's no such thing as hands off. That's a chapter. Uh, that's a chapter in my book. So if I want to take three months off, I got options. I could charge three times as much during the time that I am working. And that means that I have all the money I need for the three months. So there's, there's different ways to skin that cat. Where did that expression come from? I want to know. I'm not going to ask you right now because I don't want the visual. Probably in the same so. <laughs> room with the people from Reese's that that invented there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. Oh. It was like a secret cliche. Uh, uh, imagine that. What if there was like a secret society of the people that create the cliche terms? <laughs> Imagine I don't know if it could become that, a cliche if that not everybody used it. Imagine walking into that office. It'd be like finding Santa's workshop. <laughs> That'd be fun. See, now yeah. I just took a new twist and then, okay, I like that one much better. 
Um, <laughs> I know that our listeners are going to want to get more from you. Absolutely. So how did they start their journey with you? Maxtrailer.com. There you go. And that's trailer with a Y. T-R-A-Y. Uh, yes. Taylor with a Y. It's exactly how I say it. Yes. T-R-A-Y-L-O-R. Um, my book is available for free uh, against the Yay. best wishes of the people that advise me on books. It's available for free on my website. Uh, and if you email me, I'll send you a physical copy if you dig that kind of thing. Uh, my, my podcast slash video show, uh, Beers with Max, interview, you know, interview a bunch of uh, smart people. You can come to Beers with Max live. I do those almost every month if I'm not playing too much golf. Uh, it's a live show. You get to come meet some of the smart people. Um, I do workshops all the time, uh, like productized workshops with the public. I do that for mental exercise. That's a lot of fun. I do those every couple of weeks. So yeah, but it's all just maxtrailer.com. Really easy. And LinkedIn is the only thing I pay attention to. Like I'm not a, not a social butterfly. I can't stomach it, but the LinkedIn thing, I'm, I'm big there. No way. You totally strike me as the social butterfly type. <laughs> I, you know what, you know what will ruin Facebook for you? Providing Facebook services. Fair enough. Cause I did that <laughs> in my agency life and I was just like, I I've had it. I'm, I'm absolutely done. I don't, nope. I don't want to participate. That's awesome. So you already alluded to it a little bit, but I want you to kind of delve into it a little bit more. At what point in life did you know that you were that special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Um, I was, well, I mean, I went to the number one school in the world for entrepreneurs. I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> that means my dad, you know, ran his own business. My grandfather ran his own business and my grandfather's father ran his own business. Um, you know, the trailers and, uh, but for me, like I thought there was a, the big shift was going from, ah, you know, this is something I could do to, I am like, yeah, this is me like, you know, experiencing it. And I was, I had just gotten out of college and I was trying to get a job. I was running some crazy business on the side, but I was trying to get a job to make some money. And I called my dad and I was really frustrated because I was like, dad, you know, nobody, nobody wants to hire me. And uh, he said, well, Max, what do you want to be? And I said, I want to be a consultant. And he was like, congratulations. I'm waving, I'm waving my hands. I, I deem you worthy because all consulting means is that you charge whatever you want. A week later, I had, uh, I think it was like a $50,000 deal annual contract. And I went out and I hired an agency to fulfill on this contract that I had sold. So when I, when I realized that there, there were no rules, you have to be it. Nobody's going to, you know, you're not, you're not going to, some event isn't going to happen. And then you're like, yeah, I've made it. No, it's a personal choice. It's, it's a, it's a belief. It's an identity thing. I am this. And then the results will come. Where were you 20 years ago when I needed you? Uh, <laughs> in like preschool. Fair enough. <laughs> How old am I? Yeah. I was, I was playing in hockey. Preschool. Okay. Well, no, I was you know, I was trying to figure out how to rent the dog out or something and make money off of it. God, yeah. Actually, my, <laughs> I had some interesting, I had some interesting gigs in, in college. Probably my favorite one uh, was cultural consulting in college. Cause I went to a big, 
you know, I went to a big school with a, a foreign population and I realized that uh, a lot of the courses at my joke of a school for entrepreneurship uh, were based on class participation. Turns out that's actual, you know, parallel to the real world. <laughs> Just how people feel about you, they'll pay you accordingly. <laughs> um, so the the you know the grades were based on class participation, and there was a big uh, you know there was a big um, Middle Eastern population of women, and their culture like you're not allowed to speak up, you're not allowed to participate. Um, so instead of being a tutor on the class material, I could take people that were dumb as rocks, and just teach them how to participate and give them a script for how to I had I was having them sit in the front of the class and like annoyingly raise their hand and I realized that they would only call on you twice. And so if you script two questions for them they'll call on you twice and then you just get 100% class participation then you got to email the professor and you got to do the extra time. So uh, I was yeah that that was a very and you know what that was a very lucrative business probably the most lucrative thing I've ever done. Uh, I don't know I don't know why. Anyway, I digress. That's actually not only quite brilliant, but I can see why people would pay you a lot, because especially if if they're wealthy from the Middle East and they've been cultured to do that, they're not going to be able to stand up. They're not going to take that leadership position, which then would have made that entire education process moot and a waste of money. Well, it, it's where I came up with my theory that for for strategy, because that was a strategic service, it, it was totally. a way to beat the system. Um, and so, uh, you know, I always look at charging for strategy uh, as first of all, there are no rules, but if you want to have a rule, uh, price it like an insurance policy, or think about it like an insurance policy. So these people were spending four or $500,000 uh, on a college education that was in a lot of cases going to go right down the drain because they weren't going to pass. Mm -hmm. So what's it worth to in ensure that they are going to pass 10%, 20%. Um, I was charging ridiculous fees and the hourly rate was astronomical because it wasn't like, it wasn't, you didn't have to teach them much. It was just a, oh, yeah. a daily briefing <laughs> on here's, it was a daily briefing on here's what, yeah, it was a one page daily briefing each of their class days, you charge per class. So um, you got to find, you got to find areas where people are spending a lot of money for poor results. In areas where people spending a lot of money for poor results, your insurance policy can be very lucrative. Love that. I mean, it's obvious, like no shed, but it also leads to the, well, my, my brain goes, <laughs> that's brilliant. And I should have known that, which is then why I um, went, it was obvious because it's not, people don't really understand what the pain of their clients are, or they'll go into an entrepreneurial venture and go, Hey, this is what I'm good at. So I'm going to go and put this stuff out there as opposed to looking at the market and going, what is the pain of the market? And the best way to find the pain in the market is where are they spending a ton of money and getting crappy results? My favorite question no. is ask somebody that pays you money. Why do they pay you? Right. Cause you're right. I think, I think we developed this comfort in I'm good at this. Like I was really good at building websites, but that's a learned, that has nothing to do with like what I was born to do. That has nothing to look, that has nothing to do with what people perceive they're paying me for. And so I think we get too I think we get too bogged down in the things that we've become good at. You can become good at anything. There's smart people out there in your audience, mm -hmm. uh, but you got to ask the people that pay you money because those are the only people that matter. 
not me, not you, not your peers, not your parents. I can't tell you how many times people say, well, I talked to a, you know, a, a business owner in this other area or like a mentor of mine and they thought it was a crappy idea. It's like, well, have you asked the people that pay you money what they think? Those are the only, like, we're, we got to be customer folk. Anyway, I get, I get passionate about that. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> I love that um, too. But the point is Preaching just the ask them why they pay you and they'll say things that are just so telling. And then, and then you don't have to think about it. You just say, I help my client, make it objective. My best clients say that I help them clarify the vision for their life. My, my best clients tell me that I'm the reason their business is growing. Awesome. Mic drop. <laughs> you got it nailed. Awesome. So Max, thank you so much for being here with us today. I know I could pick your brain for days and weeks, but I won't do that because I know how time, valuable your time is. Any last words for our peeps or questions I should have asked you? I've never prepared for that question. <laughs> Why? Um, just put your, just, just put your personal life first. Treat, treat yourself. Let this be the year that you put yourself before your clients. Here, here. Even the dog agrees. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put your also dog ahead. Also give me treats, you stupid human. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again, Max. You've been amazing. Thank you, Michelle. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast so that we can help you scale your business. We love having you here. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.